can spit at you from here. What are you doing with your face? That's free speech. Nerd, you're wrong. Oh! That is some bad philosophy. Come on. Bad Philosophy, episode 10, recorded on October 31st, 2008. What a bunch of Halloweenies. Hello, everyone, and one to Bad Philosophy. Uh, we're back here on All Hallows' Eve, actually. <laughs> and uh, we've got some spooky guests on the show today. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 can't, I can't do this, y'all. I can't. <laughs> I, I was enjoying it. I was, I was chuckling to I myself. Can't... I, can't, I can't do the Halloween cliches. I, I, I've actually done like Halloween readings and stuff. Okay. I did Telltale Heart. So let's uh, get Well, anyway, so true, let, let's, inter- let's introduce our panel, and because it's Halloween, we'll all be saying what we're going to be going as for whatever Halloween festivities we decide to partake in. Um, I will be, if I can somehow find a black belt, I will be a ninja. If not, I will simply be Portal, because I am wearing the Portal shirt, so I will be like the embodiment of the game Portal. Uh, Kevin, what are you going to go as? Uh, this My original plan fell through, so uh, my backup plan this year is uh, I will be Howard O'Rourke from Ayn Rand's immortal novel, The Fountainhead, which I actually haven't finished yet, but I know enough about it to, to pretend to be Howard O'Rourke. Um, I'll be wearing a really rumply suit with uh, carrying a T-square around, and I, I'm spray-dyeing my hair red because um, he's a redhead. And I will say, Howard Rourke, architect. There cool. we go. Um, Jed, introduce yourself and tell us what you're going to be going as. Jed, Jed is our number one fan, and this is his first time on the show, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna be nice to him. Get excited. Well, hi, I'm Jed. I'm grad student here. Uh, for those of you who might like to follow me on Twitter, I am at Linux, and. Um, I believe that my costume today will consist of me putting on a hat, finding a uh, significantly sized leaf outside, tying it to my hat, and blowing it around so I'm a leaf blower. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really wow. just try to go for the corniest thing that I can. And, oh, okay. Well, that's certainly that's, up there. Yes. That's good. success. Thanks. Visual puns. I like it. <laughs> yes. I like it. Supposed to be a serial killer with a box of Wheaties and a noose. <laughs> Did you reach over? <laughs> and last but not least, Michael Hayslip for the first time on the show. Sort of, sort, sort of, of, sort of. Well, okay, Michael was on the last episode, <laughs> episode seven, uh, which is still in limbo, by the way. Yeah. So anyway, what what are you going as, Michael? I'm going as uh, Dr. Horrible's immortal nemesis, Captain Hammer. Oh. Kevin was supposed to be, but... I was supposed yeah. to be Dr. Horrible. Ah, oh, but uh, you couldn't find a... The stuff was was out of my price range and had to be pretty much bought from England. Dang. Because the style of, of lab coat he wears is not used in the U.S. No, yeah. not at all. Um, and so I found a different, bunch of places online, and they're all in England. And they all <laughs> like that, plus the, gla- the goggles that Dr. Horrible wears. DrHorrible.com. Uh, watch it. Um, would have been about a hundred bucks, which is uh, is certainly up there uh, for Halloween costume. Worth it, but a little out of my price range at the moment. Indeed, I I might be doing that for Acon in the summer. Uh, some friends of mine and I are going to that, so if I do need a costume, I 
I will probably go as Dr. Horrible because I'm pretty sure I can pull it off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Horrible, for those of y'all who do not know, is one of the great short films by Joss Whedon <coughs> of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly, Serenity fame. Uh, All hell, Whedon! And uh, the upcoming Dollhouse on Fox. Watch yes. it. Get, get some good... You know, ratings of Fox can cancel it three episodes in. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> or showed out of order. Come on. Well they did it for Firefly. They've already reshot the pilot. Oh great. Yeah. Um uh, anyway. Anyway. Save Dollhouse. Yes. But yes, Doctor Horrible. Watch it on Hulu, watch it on I guess Doctor Horrible. Well Doctor Horrible on Hulu. Yeah. Um, are you should have an ice pack? Yeah, I went I went to the chiropractor actually. Okay. See, you you're all dissing chiropractors. I know no, I know you're a big chiropractor guy. Yeah, I'm but... a big chiropractor guy. Um, but I, I had weight training the other day, I, I did something a little bit wrong and uh throughout my back and so I've done that before. Doing uh, hyperextensions. I hurt myself pretty bad. Yeah. I I was doing, doing this with weights. <laughs> yeah, I, I was doing a particular ab workout, moving my torso side to side, and I think I threw out something in my rib cage. So, um, scheduled a chiropractor's appointment the same day, and uh, just got back from there actually. So that's that's why I have an ice pack. Okay, I'm just I'm just noticing like you moved it, you were sitting on it, and then you moved it on your crotch, and you know, <laughs> well, whatever. you know, I mean, it, it does get whatever you know, whatever your particular cup of tea. Is. <laughs> I'm an old gray man myself. So, uh, like ice packs. Some people do like ice packs. So this is going to be the sexual fetish episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Halloween episode. It's a little different. One of us should pretend we're Freud. It's got to be spooky, right? So. It's going to be frightening to me. I'll put it that way. Especially I like it Kevin's in fetishes. <laughs> I like bowling shoes. What can I say? Actually, we're we're gonna do a relatively uh, we're gonna do a relatively cliche Halloween episode today. And um, uh, gentlemen, try not to talk over each other. I know it's really tempting, but it's, it's almost impossible for me to edit when everybody is saying something worthwhile. So, I guess getting off started, um, what's y'all's earliest memory of Halloween? Like, do, do y'all remember trick-or-treating as a kid? I, I Go for it, Michael. <laughs> I remember my first time that I ever went trick-or-treating, I was a doctor. I had a little outfit, and I had a little bag. Problem being, when I was, like, that age, I was a coward and afraid of everything. Mm. And I mean everything. So you go out on Halloween night, the scariest night of the year, if you're five, which I was. And uh, I, I maybe hit three houses before I got too scared and I wanted to go back home. <laughs> That's I don't remember this happening, but I've seen pictures. Um, and one of my earliest Halloweens, I was dressed up as a Dalmatian. Um, and I trick-or-treated as, as a Dalmatian. It was a very, it was a very simple, like, excuse me, like, bodysuit with, like, dog ears and spots. Um... But I don't remember that one. The first Halloween costume that I remember, like, getting into and being excited about, uh, well, I don't remember which was first, but there's two that, that stick in my mind. One was the Rocketeer. Uh, I went as the Rocketeer. We got a bike, uh, like a, a little helmet covered in tinfoil, and I made two rockets out of um, two-liter soda bottles and had a jacket, and, like, I went all out. Um, and then another year, these were probably back-to-back years, I don't remember which was first, I was Gambit from the X-Men. Ooh, and and I, I, I have a habit of, like, the Rocketeer a lot of people got because the movie had just come out, obviously. But I had a lot of trouble 
with costumes that people didn't get. And I still have that to this day. I want to walk into a party and be like, Howard Roar? <laughs> As will probably happen tonight. Yeah, I've done... Yeah. I mean, I, another one I remember, this was fourth grade or so, I was Howard Bates from the Bates Motel in Psycho. Oh, and so nice. I, I, I wore slacks and a button-down shirt. And so people said, who are you? And I'm, I'm Howard Bates. I run this hotel. And I would hand him a card. And <laughs> like, I got into it. But it was one of those things that, like, I always pick costumes that are, that are su- oh, not always, but a lot of times I pick costumes that are subtler than others. Mm. Did you change, like, halfway through the evening into the mother character? No, I've never actually seen Psycho. So I didn't actually know that he did that, particularly in fourth grade when... Yeah. You know, might have been. Oh, you were Howard Bates in fourth grade. Yeah, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, Kevin, you were messed up. <laughs> I get that a lot. You got started early. So, did yeah. you print off? Did you specially print off business cards? For yes, uh, my mother. My mother had business card paper, like uh, pre-perforated, yeah. and we made them up. And oh, like it, it said, Howard Bates. You know, one, two, three, Psycho Lane, um, Bates Motel, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I had a little spooky picture of a house on it, and like it was like. But it's those, it's those little details that I like in costumes that make them so much more realistic than, you know, oh, I'm wearing a Sarah Palin mask. <laughs> yeah, or, or a V mask. That, that's a pretty popular one lately. Um, Guy Fox mask. Guy Fox, yes. Yeah. Guy Fox mask. <laughs> I'll, he's almost ubiquitously I realize. Yeah. Which makes me sad. Yeah. But what about you, Jed? Um, I was thinking about it, and I grew up in Colorado, so the... I guess the requirements for any Halloween costume was that you had to be able to wear a full winter jacket and sometimes <laughs> snow pants underneath them. Oh, so that really kind of cut out anything cool. Stay puff marshmallow, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Michelin man. Yeah, so now really all these ghost. great ideas now, now that i moved to Texas. Thanks. <laughs> um, but I remember I dressed up as, as my dad in my dad's work clothes, and this was probably when I was like four or five, and... My dad's a fairly big guy, so the clothes sort of ended up fitting <laughs> once I once you know the mom had done the bundling up thing. But that's wow. that's I think my first my first costume, which is you know I didn't have any business cards, so mm-hmm. I wish I could go back and steal some. But you know, well, well, being raised Jewish, um, <laughs> my my first memories of Halloween were us dreading the day. You know, saying H word. We never actually said the name Halloween. Uh, it was it was always uh, yeah. H word is coming up, <laughs> um, and we we would just we would basically lock our door and turn off our lights on Halloween night. And kids still knocked on it for some reason. But we I just remember us being really annoyed at the whole thing. Hmm. And uh, I, I think from a very early age, my my parents indoctrinated me into the idea that Halloween was just this this really fake. Uh, holiday inspired by pagan ritual and that really, uh, you know, good God-fearing people should not have anything to do with the holiday whatsoever, Uh, that it was, you know, some sort of celebration of spirit worship or something, Uh, inadvertently or inadvertently. Um, And I don't know, I just, so I I never had the, uh, the Halloween experience, the typical Halloween experience, until very recently. <laughs> I still have never gone trick-or-treating. I mean, I, I don't... You're too old now. I don't find that... I don't think <laughs> no that even... Thing. I really don't think that would have even been yes, fun as is. a kid. Um, <laughs> no, see, the, the trick-or-treating itself was a lot of work. Yes, um, now, is. now in my neighborhood, I lived in the same house my entire life until I came to college. Um, and so I knew my neighborhood very well. Mm-hmm. And I had... By, by the my, my later years of trick-or-treating, I had a system planned out where to go, 
maps to follow. Like not hand-drawn maps, but not even, I didn't do that. I just had, you know, mental maps. Mm-hmm. You know, the routes to take to maximize candy. Because that's what it's actually about. Dressing up, yes, fun. Being someone kind of cool. I was the mask one year. I'm, I'm remembering old things. I was the mask from a Jim Carrey movie. I was uh, the Riddler from another Jim Carrey movie. The next year, I went through a Jim Carrey phase. Um, and And it became... Not about dressing up or celebrating anything particular. It was, I am a child who loves candy, and everyone in my neighborhood is giving away candy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was about. Uh, um, Jerry Seinfeld has a book called Halloween, and um, it's based on a a stand-up routine talking about when he was a kid, and, you know, how he... You know, that's exactly what it was. It was like, you know, when you're a kid, all you want is candy. Candy, 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 candy. And so when you learn... That people are giving away free candy, and all you have to do is wear a stupid costume to get it. <laughs> Hell yeah! That's that's what it became about. Um, and so it's it's one of those that the the actual work of trick or treating is work. Yeah. Um, you know, going up to strangers' houses, and they're all like, "What are you supposed to be?" And I'm like, "I'm I'm Gambit from a thing you've never heard of. Give me the candy." <laughs> um, that's that's not an enjoyable experience. But what is, is the two to three weeks later, when you have a pillowcase full of candy <laughs> on the top bunk of your bed, that you climb up the little ladder, and you sit there, and you eat candy <laughs> whenever you want. See, and, I never, I just, I, I never had that, that craving for candy, I guess, as a kid, or, or whenever I wanted it, it was always like, hey, can we stop by the convenience store after soccer practice and get a Snickers, you know? Um, I never... Well, I'm, not saying, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, not, I'm not trying to imply that I had a candy to pray of childhood. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, it never it never occurred to me that, like, gosh, you know, in this on this one day, I'm missing out on all this candy. Like, it was... Well, you were. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I realize that now. Um, when I was in high school, what me and my best friend would do is we would dress up like Christmas carol- carolers, and we would go Christmas caroling on Halloween instead of trick-or-treating, which was a lot more yeah, fun. A lot more fun, and people like look at us like, "What are you?" <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we'd go, we'd start singing. One guy threw candy at us to get us to shut up, <laughs> and then another year we dressed up as monks, and we had a a, a box labeled indulgences. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And, and we learned, a, and we learned a, a, a chant in Latin, and we would go and we would sing it, and we would get candy. And we went to this one guy's house who was actually been a Catholic priest, and he just oh. he, he's like he looked at us, just sighed, and walked away, and it was it was it was hilarious. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, Stephen. You kind of brought up it earlier, getting to some some philosophically things. Yeah. These these connotations that a lot of people have with Halloween, yes, and being this this pagan celebration of demons and, you know, spirit gods coming down to give us free candy. <laughs> um, but it's interesting when you think about it, um, particularly um, in Christianity, I can't speak for Judaism, their, their holidays are pretty much their own. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the dates for, for Easter Christmas, the two biggest Christian holidays, came about from reconstituted pagan celebrations. Yeah. Um, and and so it's interesting that we we've we've taken these days over and they've become ours, and yet but we're really afraid of All Hallows Eve or all, well and you know All Hallows Eve All Saints Day is a is has become a Christian thing as well to some extent right but there's this other side of the other side of the fence where it is you know spooky evil things demons come out and, and give you candy 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm focusing on candy. Well, um, the candy thing, though, is a fairly recent American, no, certainly, certainly. American development. I mean, this is this is something that our country came up with um, just the same as the modern Christmas. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's this uh, this commercialization of, of a tradition. Um, I'm not sure what Halloween was like 50, 60, 70 years ago. Uh, it, how long the tradition of trick-or-treating has, has been around. Um, Wikipedia and how is, did it get started? Yeah, and how did it get started? Like who, who first went wow. out and said, hey, I would like some free candy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and went knocking on doors and people were like, what? Because, <laughs> I mean, that had to start somewhere. I mean, that's, that is one of those things that you don't hear about trick-or-treating in pre-city society, particularly the suburb, suburban yeah. lifestyle. Um, it seems like it would be very inconvenient to do in a, in a really rural community. Oh, definitely. Like you would have to walk miles from house now, to house. Now, <laughs> I could see stuff like like harvest festivals would be similar, would, are, are similar rituals from that respect. Yeah. Same time of the year, harvest is over. Right. Uh, we've reached this bounty. Um, so like so we have a party. And the treat, instead of being candy, is a bunch of really awesome food. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and dancing. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that Possibly it's coming from, you know, the caramel apple type thing where it was, you know, let's let's kind of make something that we just harvested maybe a little bit more exciting. And then, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, obviously there's not the Snickers tree that we're like, yay! <laughs> there should be. There, the Snickers yes. tree. A million dollars to the first scientist to invent a tree that grows Snickers bars. <laughs> It'd be a great commercial. They would call it the feasting tree. All this around it. <laughs> feasting tree. Please. And they would take the Snickers from... We are open to sponsorship deals, FYI. Yes. <laughs> Snickers. Eat it. Anyway, what we're, we're, uh, from a historical standpoint, trick-or-treating is, um, it's, it, it is an American, the version, the way, what we do is purely American because it's all about, you know, candy, candy companies cleaning up mm. this time of year. But what it was originally is in, in Latin American countries where they celebrate All Hallows Eve, what they do is, is that they would leave out Food, but they would be libations for their dead ancestors who were coming back, and so like, hey, leave us alone. <laughs> Here, uh, we got some, we got some food for you. Just take the food, go away. It's kind of like the um, Latino equivalent of the please take one bowl. Ah, <laughs> yes, I got a fun prank on the please leave one bowl. We'll come back to it in a minute. That, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense, though, because like right. nowadays, it's it's sort of like the kids now dress up as those spirits, right? And um, part, part of the, uh, the 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 fear, though, for some people is uh, is that it, it's almost nearly a Protestant thing, the uh, fear of Halloween, because it's something that you know the uh, that uh, Catholic children, Catholic Christians take up with really great vigor. They 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 enjoy it a lot because first you have All Hallows Eve, which is the uh, Catholicized version of the pagan holiday. Yeah. And then you have All Saints Day, which is where you celebrate, you know, those saints that have gone before us and their lives and how wonderful it was. But there was a really strong fear and hatred of Catholics in this country for years and years and years. Mm. And so there's still a lot of that left over. There's like, well, we don't do this sort of thing because, well, you know, the Catholics do it. Yeah. The, 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 the godless papists, as <laughs> some of my less than charitable relatives might say. <laughs> well, and it seems like it, it kind of ties in nicely, though, with the the idea of, um, say, like, Dia de los Muertos, where it's, it's more of a celebra celebratory day. Mm -hmm. um, like like uh, Kevin mentioned uh, earlier, this, this idea of 
of um, Halloween being a time where the, the barriers between this world and the other world are thin. Uh, this comes from the Irish tradition. We, we just learned at lunch discussion earlier today um, that there were certain days, and, and All Hallows' Eve was one of them, where you, you, could kind of, you could kind of touch that other realm, or you know, spirits from the other realm would come across, and, and you'd get this sort of interaction between uh, the living and those ancestors. And I think that that's really manifested itself in a lot of cultures. Um, Dia de los Muertos is, is a celebration of the ancestors, essentially. Uh, and it's not a day of, of, for being scary or, or a day to, right. to be feared. It's, it's a day of, you know, hey, you know, Grandma who died like five, ten years ago, yeah, she's, she's pretty close to us today. You know, so let's, let's celebrate that. So, so I, I think it's probably unwarranted, the, uh, the view that most uh, Christians have about it. Like, I'm, I'm sure that, that Christians sort of have a love-hate relationship with Halloween because on the one hand, yeah, they want to support this, the institution of Halloween, which is basically costume day in America, yes. but they don't want to support where it came from, which is right. the, uh, the whole idea of spirits and such. Right. Because, you know, really there's, there's not a place in Protestant tradition for this sort of belief anymore, right. uh, but it still hangs around because of the indigenous traditions that we had. Uh, do you all think that's a conflict of interest? Do you think there should be some sort of, you know, Halloween definition board, or should we just let society take I, over? I have a thing on definition boards, too. Okay. Um, definition board. I just learned this. This is going back a ways. Pluto, no yeah. longer a planet. And, and I was under the impression that, you know, for various reasons, they had decided to reclassify planets as, as with these things, and therefore Pluto would not be a planet. Yeah. And that is, that is to some extent, what happened. However, the way they decided was at science convention, um, I don't know what it was called or where it was or what it actually was about, but at a given science convention of scientists, they had a vote. Yep. And, and the, the fate of Pluto was decided by consensus rather than by, by science. By its qualities. Well, in a sense, it was decided by its qualities, though. Um, well, they, they voted on whether or not these qualities are how we define planets. Sure, but now the way the way you say though, like like Pluto's fate, I'm pretty sure Pluto doesn't care. No, Pluto doesn't care. <laughs> Pluto's not affected at all by what by how we define it. The reality of it does not change, and I'm I'm really don't care either way. But it amuses me, and it interests me. I was thinking about this as I was walking around today that we did have this sort of science by consensus, yeah, which is something that that generally the scientific community, on the surface anyway, tries to avoid. Mind you, there certainly is still a lot of that. Um, to some extent, with with the the rabid hatred of stuff like intelligent design, yeah, um, uh, that that's just one example. There's other stuff out there that that science says this, and and yes, we have evidence to that there's lots of evidence to that in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. But there, there becomes a point when it becomes a faith based thing because nobody's bothering to check the science anymore. Well, and it becomes really an interpretive thing. I mean, yeah. Pluto, you know, you can get all the facts in the world about it, but it's its taxonomy. It's mm-hmm. how, you know, how do we, oh, how do we classify things? That's a that's a big issue, um, and it's especially in, in science, because you yeah. just have, you get those gray areas where really the, the qualities are such that you can't draw really easy boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, like, radius makes a planet? You know, do you want to, do you want to send it as a certain one? Well, what... Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, and, that, and that's and that's one thing. But we like we like classifying things. Mm. Well, classifying things makes makes life feel pretty easy. Makes uh, us feel, I wouldn't say it makes life easier, but we do like to classify things, and and because of that, we we want to set up rules for these classifications. Mm. Well, we we can't just say Pluto. We have to say the planet Pluto or the non-planet Pluto 
or the planet Neptune. It's, it's a different object in space than other objects in space. Any, any planet is. Well, I agree. You, you could just call it by its name. But um, for purposes of, of teaching, say, I mean, a kid is not going to be able to grasp, okay, well, there's you know, literally hundreds of thousands, millions of objects out there. Here's, are you, here's some of the ones that are close to us. Yeah, what, here are the biggest ones. Like, yeah. where, where do you draw the line? You know, how far down the list do you teach them? Uh, you yeah. know, do you, well, the thing is, we've actually added, because of the redefinition that created Pluto as a dwarf planet, mm. Um, a new object, not a new object, yeah, it's been around forever, right. a, 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 an object in the asteroid belt. Series. Series, right. I yeah. believe. I, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gained the qualification of dwarf planets. Cool. Which is, it's interesting, you know, we lost a planet, but we gained two dwarf planets. <laughs> um, Yay! We're just dividing them. Yeah. Well, going back to, or did you have something else? Yeah, I was going to say, going back to Halloween, though, so you don't think that there should be any kind of definition board for this. Like, nobody should no. define what Halloween is. Well, it's not a federal holiday. No. 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 I, mean, I, cool. I didn't get today off today. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. I did. I didn't do anything today. So really, yeah, well, there, there's no official... set that up that way. <laughs> there's no official institution of this holiday. No, in the same certainly. way that of Thanksgiving or uh, Thanksgiving Memorial is... Day... Oh, you're just saying things that are. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Um, I mean, to, I guess, draw a more general question, should the government or whomever define any sort of holiday? I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> again, uh, I guess that kind of brings it back to where do you draw the line? What mm -hmm. What's the difference between the 4th of July might make sense. You mm -hmm. know, that that's a very, it makes sense given the institution that this country is. You know, mm -hmm. it, we're celebrating, hey, we... We're founded, or yeah, whatever. we like we like anniversaries. Yeah, sure. and it's, it has more relevance, yeah, to the country for sure. But the, like Thanksgiving, does that have direct relevance to the country? Mm, yeah. You know, it's or more years. It's more just kind of it's a, it's a symbolic thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. symbolic thing about sort of North American presence in general. But Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving in October. Oh. In October, but they do celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing Canadian boxers, by the way. Uh, anyway, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what Canadian Thanksgiving is all about because no, I think, we do consider Thanksgiving to be a very American thing. It's a, well, well it, it, other North American it. countries, with the exception of Canada, have not standardized it. They don't right. celebrate it in Mexico. Well, it should say should should Halloween in America be standardized, or is it already kind of standardized? Well, it's, it's been uh, standardized by the people. True enough. Yeah. Everybody just agrees. Okay. Today, I'm going to put on a silly costume and look like a fool for this evening. And if I don't want to be bothered by children, I turn off the lights in my house and pretend I'm not there. Right. But it's sort, it sort of a, I'm doing this because my parents did it, because their parents did it, because it's their it's parents it's a did it. Thing. You know, the, nobody ever came along and said, you know, really, there's, there's no point in doing this anymore. Well, people have said that. And it's just right. not people don't. critical mass. I mean, I know yeah. people who don't celebrate Halloween in any shape or form. Mm -hmm. um, and... That's cool. And what counts as celebrating it, too? I mean, do, you know, yeah. if, you, if you put on a costume, does that mean you're, like, celebrating Halloween? Or right. do you have to go the whole nine yards? Do you have to, to make it, do trick-or-treat, go to a Halloween party of some kind? Do you, you know, do you have to participate in a trick-or-treating event where you give candy to kids once you get a certain age? I mean, you know, what counts as celebrating it? It's a... <laughs> Well, I think I think the, the the important thing to understand here is that it's really a a young person's holiday. It's for kids and you know teenagers and people our age who you know go to parties and do stuff like that. Right. It's really not like a, 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 an old folks thing. Like the, what the parents are doing is they're taking their kids trick or treating, and they're like, "Oh man, this is hell." 
Yeah. And then they're giving out, and if they're not taking their kids trick-or-treating, they're giving out candy. And they're like, oh, this is hell. Because you so have to spend a ton of money on candy. Right, okay. and it's 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 a it's very much a a children's a children's and young people's holiday. It's not really something that everybody really partakes into the fullest. Mm-hmm. I know something. Uh, just getting back to the uh, point of uh, just uh, of Protestantism and Halloween. Um, what my, what my church would do back home is rather than celebrate Halloween and put up creepy decorations and all that stuff, is we, they would have, they would go back to the uh, the uh, fall festival sort of idea where you know it's harvest da 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 da. da. And we just have the kids come over and they play a bunch of games mm. in a very safe, harmless environment. I think there's usually a Bible lesson, something taught, just in general, just a general pre- presentation of the gospel. And then there's games and you win candy. So it's essentially trick-or-treating, but you just go to the church instead of going out on the streets. And the kids dress up and everything. So it's, it's really um, kind of a cop-out. Yeah. It's kind of like... Hey, we're not really celebrating Halloween, but your kids can dress up and come and eat candy. Which is, I, think I mean, would, I would find it terribly ironic if a kid dressed up as the devil and went to that. <laughs> <laughs> there would interesting, be. interesting thought. Sorry, talking about about churches and Halloween. A thing that I don't know if it's just if it's recently become a thing, but I've only recently become aware of in the past few years um, that churches have been doing. It's called the Hell House. Oh, yes. Um, this is a thing. It, it's basically scaring you to Jesus. Oh. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Hijinks and Sue is a webcomic. Uh, Hijinksandsue.com, I believe. Uh, he did a really funny comic about a hell house recently. And and it's, it's basically, you know, you know, this kid's like, I'm going to listen to non uh, or to secular rock music and, and disobey my parents. And, and then, like, next panel, it's like, I'm a Satan worshiper now. I'm going to kill myself. And then he shoots himself in the head. And, and that's basically, and, and that's, it's obviously an expanded version of it, but that's, a, that's another way that churches kind of, I don't say cash in on, on the Halloween, but utilize the Halloween ideas yeah. to, to kind of, to, to, to push these ideas of, you know, you're a sinner, you're going to go to hell unless you accept Jesus. And there's always, you know, a fun thing at the end. But it is, the goal of it is is like haunted houses. It is to scare people. However, the well, scares in a hell house different are from, different because it's not necessarily just jumping out and spooking you. It's it's frightening. Like it's 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 deeper than that. It's uh, a deeper it's thing. Like a, it's like a soul. It's wrenching. like a soul wrenching. It's like yeah. a psychological fright, right. mm-hmm. it, it, which it, is a freakier fright. Right. But and people will take their kids to these things. Yes. Wow. So like, well, you don't love Jesus enough. Well, guess where I'm taking you this Halloween. So I mean, it's it's a very very sort of it's 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 a horrible horrible thing. In my opinion, if the message isn't good enough, then well, we should just abandon the message. If it cannot stand on its own two feet, if we have to scare people, yeah, well, that's a that's a philosophy of a philosophy of evangelism, pretty much. Yeah, you know how how do you how do you get people to change? And fear is a very powerful motive. Well, I mean, that was one of the one of the reasons I converted to Christianity at the age of seven years old was because I thought I was good because I went to church with my parents regularly, and mm-hmm. I still do. But the main reason I converted was like, holy crap, I'm going to hell. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was loved by God or anything like that. I didn't have any of those sorts of, you know, really spiritual experiences. I was seven years old, and I didn't want to burn for all eternity. <laughs> and when they described burning for all eternity, it didn't sound too pleasant. Oh no, no! I mean, like, like, and if you're seven, like, forty-five minutes is 
long friggin' time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you have to think about 45 minutes multiplied across eternity, and, well, gosh. Yeah. I mean... So, I mean, there's there's oh. there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, well, you know, if you don't do this, you're not going to heaven. And I wanted to go to heaven, so. Yeah. It's it's all incentive-based. Oh, it's, yeah, it, it is very much incentive-based. Yeah. But that's because we're human and we need an incentive for doing things. Right. And, well, and I, I don't know what... Candy is the incentive for Halloween. I, I yes. guess yes, it point. is. Uh, you is know, he- hell is is the anti incentive for, <laughs> for for not for going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Do you all think that it's possibly? You know, I I think that it's evolved in such a way that maybe it does have more meaning than yay. The you know Snickers makes a lot of money. There's the second Snickers. I, well, what, do you, what do you think is what do you think is the deeper meaning of Halloween? I was, as you were discussing how it was a children's-based holiday or a youth-based holiday, it perhaps it's it has evolved in such in such a way to be sort of a thing where our society, I would argue, is very you know based on the older person. You know, the president has to be what 35, 40 to be a president. Thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five. Um, and I think the youngest president was forty-two. Um, so far. <laughs> so. so um, but at any rate, perhaps the way it's the reason it's evolved that way is about switching the roles for at least one day and saying, here as adults and you know the older people that actually run things, we're going to turn it around and serve you all as children. And I don't know. It's just you know I, I'd say things had to have evolved that way for a reason. And I don't know if the will of the candy companies is really. The soul thing. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. I was talking with somebody else um, about how how children really have no control over anything. We as adults or as parents or as the government can grant them choice, but the reason they have choice or control is because we have granted it to them in a lot of cases. Right. You're not a citizen of the United States. Certainly not. Um... And and it's it's stuff like uh, this. This came out because Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium was on television. Um, and there's a scene in the movie. I I had not seen the movie before this. I only watched the last half or so of it. Where this nine year old kid walks into this big business associate place to buy Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium because it's for sale because Mr. Megorium died. Spoiler alert. Um, you, you know, usually you do spoiler alerts before you actually give out the spoiler. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, they got alerted. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> the crisis has been averted. Um, we just ruined someone's day. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, anyway, um, and, and it's one of those things, and it's, and it's you, you know, you, the kid walks in, he's like, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to pay you my, my allowance every week plus, you know, a substantial portion of the, of the profits of the thing. Like, he's all, like, businessy, mm-hmm. And he's, you know, and, you know, I'm really young, so that's a lot more allowances. But, I mean, but you walk in, it's like, he's, he's still a kid. So, yeah, he could do that, but, but no one will listen to him. Yeah. No one will grant him that, that power because he's a kid. And so, you know, maybe, maybe we keep the kids complacent by giving them free candy once a year. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's certainly a diversion. I mean, what... <laughs> what what other what other things could we be doing with kids on this day? I mean, what, could, could we make it like uh, 
election day. <laughs> not not necessarily election day. That's Tuesday. But well, can we make it like like election pre election day or something? Well, okay. So uh, by, by dressing up as your favorite character and get people to vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, just thought of election and kids. Uh, Nickelodeon has been doing this thing for the past few elections, and it's called Kids Vote. Uh, and kids can go online or call in or whatever and vote for who they want to be president. Now, what's an interesting concept is for the last, for, for the duration of time they've been doing it, Nick, the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice picked person has more often than not, no, I won't say always, but probably, I think it was always, correctly predicted the president. Huh. Um, and I have a theory for this. Because, because children, we don't give children choice. We don't give children control. And, and they, they, they're okay, they're not okay with that necessarily, but they're, they're aware of this. And their world is defined by their parents. So 90% of the time, kids vote with their parents, and kids mm. vote. So it's a very accurate sample, because kids want to vote. Kids want to be participating. They right. want to be active. Um, right. they, they want to have their voice heard. And even if their voice is just that of their parents. But So a lot of kids will go vote on kids' vote, possibly even more than those. Or the ones that would do it are the ones that whose parents have a definite view, and so they have a definite view. Yeah. The ones whose, whose parents are like, you know, well, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I haven't decided yet. I'm still weighing the options. Those kids aren't going to go vote on kids' vote. And those people are less likely to vote in the real election, those parents. Hmm. And I realize not everybody has kids that votes. I certainly don't, um, and I vote. But the, the people that are generally most likely to vote are people stable incomes, People who could who who you know middle class and above, um, who can afford Nickelodeon cable. Yeah, yeah. Um, those those people are the ones that vote. Your your lower income people. Don't, are you leaving, Jed? Yes, yeah, Jed exactly. needs to head out. Um, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, I'm sorry to. We'll, we'll get yeah, you on again nice soon. Good to meet you. Yeah. you know, class and everything. We are yeah. college students. Three to nine. But um, those those are generally the people. The people who have kids, because of the situation with. Where where they they can afford to 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 have kids um, are going to be more likely to vote. So the kids who are then voting are going to be an accurate predictor of the huh. election. I wouldn't say more so necessarily than like the Gallup poll, right? But but kids are less likely to lie and and are very highly likely to vote with their parents as a sample section of the election. Interesting. Well, that's a good theory about it. I mean. The, the first impression I got from that situation was like, well, maybe we're all kids at heart. <laughs> or, you know, uh, we, so, but we come, sometimes have these thoughts that you know, go on top of what our inclinations mm-hmm. would be if we just you know, voted purely on what kids look at, which is mainly appearance, you know, appearance, style. Uh, I would say that hasn't changed. Even like in, in adults, we don't vote based on issues. Most people don't. Most they people do don't. Vote. But probably it's a great percentage. Like a great percentage kids, for kids, maybe issues are less important, or they don't really. They don't have the. Yeah, they don't have the grasp of this issue. They just know that hey, something important is going on. I don't fully understand it per se, but I know I would like to be involved. Right, and maybe that's what Halloween has become sort of too. Is is like this this it's this thing, and you know, kids want to be a part of it. Right, and it's a. Uh, what, what my, my anthropology, uh, anthropology professor, he defined Halloween as a culturally acceptable period of nonconformity. 
Uh, right now, uh, on this day, you are allowed to do something that you would not normally be allowed to do. Kids are allowed to stay up really late. They're allowed to get hordes and hordes and hordes of candy. Mm-hmm. They are allowed to dress up in stupid and funny costumes that their parents would never let them wear. Yes. Out in public, nonetheless. <laughs> and they get to, you know, run amok in the neighborhood. They get to be different people. They do. Yeah. They do. It's a very... It's a culturally acceptable form of nonconformity. And that, that's a very good point. I mean, the, the nonconformity thing is, is something that we we kind of crave, you know? I mean, the, the, the other 364 days of the year, mostly, uh, we're... <laughs> We've got to do the daily grind. We've got right. to, you know, be us. But for Halloween, it's sort of like this this chance to have an excuse to to be somebody else, to do something crazy, to do something spontaneous, to right. to put ourselves in the shoes of uh, you know an idol or a hero of some kind. Um, so that that's why maybe it keeps being an incentive. It becomes less about the candy and more about this sort of right. self actualization of uh, these desires of ours. Which is can be an even stronger incentive for adults because oh, certainly. you know you can only have so much candy. <laughs> <laughs> I can have a lot of candy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's Dude, true. I still. Like I've, I've been getting free candy this week because because it's Halloween week. Like lots of places I've gone to have had free candy. Mm. Um, like I've had two professors give me candy. Um, I've had pe- my apartment gave each person in the apartment like this little bag of like mixed candies. Cool. Um, they just walked up, knocked on the door. It's like these are for y'all, and there's one for each of us, and we ate them. Um, and there was a thing, you know, New Year's on there too. But you know, <laughs> yeah, that's they're gonna get their two cents in. But I got free candy. Um, I walk. I walked into somebody's office, um, like like a main office with a little offices off after, and they had this big bowl of candy sitting out in the front <laughs> at the the school I observe at. When I signed in, big bowl of candy. So take a couple. So, Three I mean, candies everywhere. It is, it is indeed. But I'm just saying, for me personally, the yeah. candy is is not a strong incentive. The, the strong incentive for me is 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 that shift of identity. Is that that chance to try something different uh, that without consequences, perhaps without consequences. Because uh, maybe on on this one day out of the year, people won't look at you quite as funny if you walk down with a ninja costume, you know, to <laughs> class, uh, or like Austin Fielding did. In a full Riddler outfit, which is... Which his mother made him. Which his mother made him. (laughs) Oh, damn it. Hey, it's Matt Legler calling. I wonder if he's going to be on the show. Come get over here. Hello, Matt. Hey, we're recording the episode right now. Where are you? You're what? I'm on the episode, actually. Like, pick the phone or something? You are at the moment, yes. That's pretty sweet. Um, I'm in my car headed to do community service. Oh, okay. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll finish up without you then. When do you think you'll finish? Um, five hours from now. The yeah, episode will probably be up by then. Probably. <laughs> um, well, um, just put me on speakerphone or something so I can say I like called in on the episode. You are actually on speakerphone. All right, awesome. So to all our fans out there, I just want to say hi. I love you. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll, see you. we'll see you later, Matt. All right, see you guys. Bye. You got another Raiderville Diaries this evening? We are. Yeah. Um, Raiderville Diaries, if you haven't listened to it yet, folks, check it out. Um, it's on the feed. It's on the feed, uh, so we probably got it already. Um, short form episodes, it's kind of the, you know, I want to go off on a little tangent here. Uh, weekly, cool. The weekly why, after Raiderville Diaries ends, I'd kind of like to make it a tradition. Like, maybe if another one of these memes comes up, uh, you know, the big event on campus, finals week, something like that, we can mm-hmm. do a 
a series of uh, weekly whys. Yeah. But it's kind of an option for us to do short form about something other yeah. than, the, than these large topics like we do. So Right. Yeah. Personally, yeah, just throw this out there. I would love for it to be called the weekly why, but not actually be consistently weekly. Exactly. I mean, I'm just that's that's me. Um, that's you know, I, I don't think it's very BF. It's, um, it's very BF. It's it's like it's have actually. We, have we explained BF on the air? Oh yes, I'm sorry. BF. <laughs> we use the acronym BF sometimes because BP was already taken by British Petroleum. Now, someone brought it to my attention today that BF is boyfriend, but I want to correct them in the fact that um, BF for boyfriend is actually B slash F. Both in lowercase. Mm. So uh, we're technically not taking the uh, acronym BF. No, because we're, we're, we're BF, B, capital B, capital F, right. no slash. Exactly. So, uh, you know, and it's, it's really impossible for us to put a, a fee, a Greek letter fee in there, uh, which we would do otherwise, but. That would be pretty sweet if you we know, did. B fee just doesn't sound as B funny. B fee doesn't work. B fee. No. Uh, B fee. <laughs> but um, it is still still spelled with a B and a P. Yes. So it, it, it is a confusion y thing, but. We You're like smart. it that way. You're smart people. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, so it's it is spelled B A D P H I L O S O P H Y. It is pronounced bad philosophy, and it is abbreviated B F. Right. This is the official canon. Use it. Yeah. Um, so deal with it. Yeah. So uh, kind of going back to the Halloween thing, though. Um, do y'all agree that that maybe it for at least folks our age, being in college, that Halloween has kind of morphed into that sort of thing. It's more about it's more about costume day. It's more about it's, alternate identity. There's, there's some of that. There's there's a bit of um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a television show. How about your mother? Um, has a great kind of has a Halloween episode um, the first season, but uh, one of the characters is a bit of a scumbag. His name is Barney. He sleeps around with anything, preferably but, female. Preferably female. Well, he's played by Neil, Neil Patrick Harris. So I mean, I mean, it, it, it's not like Stifler, folks. It's more <laughs> like it, it's Stifler if he were sophisticated. Yeah, classy Stifler. Anyway, um, he talks about how, and, and it is some of this, but he talks about how, particularly, particularly with RA, and even going into you know mid upper mid twenties, for for women, it's an opportunity to be extra slutty because they take any <laughs> costume and make it sluttier. Yeah, you know, are, are you going to be? A pumpkin? Well, now you're a slutty pumpkin. <laughs> Are you going to be a cat? Now you're a slutty cat. Oh. And and it's one, of, but it is it is this nonconformity where where generally in life, you know, if you go around dressed like a slut, people are going to call you a slut. Mm. But on Halloween, you dress like a slut, and they call you a costumed character. You know, are you going to be Popeye? Now you can be slutty Popeye. I think they did that in Mean Girls too. It's like the, the one day that everyone in the school can dress up like a whore and get away with it. Did they, I, I don't know where she's going. Tina Fey write that? I'm pretty sure. I think she did. I never yeah. saw it, but um, um, excellent movie. Um, and it was be, definitely definitely carried by the cast members from SNL that were on it. Yeah. However, though. Um, Many people are, are afraid of it because it's a, it's a girly movie. Never be afraid to watch that movie if you're a guy. And I, I will give out this piece of advice. If you watch it as a guy and tell a girl that you've watched it, you actually get extra points. <laughs> it's, it's a really weird, and, like, And believe it or not, thing. they do keep track of the points. So you should, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like um, saying, it's like saying you've read Pride and Prejudice. We were like... Oh. <laughs> yeah, but then, then they actually ask you questions so about it. So you better have read Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah. or at that's least, a deduction, if not. <laughs> at least look at the spark notes, man. At least. Like, be able to, to know the characters, right. situations. Bad <laughs> philosophy dating. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, The Guardian has a dating site, so maybe if we get big enough, Bad maybe Philosophy can have a dating one site. One day, 
One day, gentlemen. Hey, one day. Dude, it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Single bad philosophers. SBFs. Yeah, SBFs. And then your BF could be your BF. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Wow. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should probably wrap up this episode. Yeah, we're getting pretty close. Um, so, Halloween, it's with us. It means different things to different people, and it'll probably evolve in the next 50 or 60 years. I'm over, sure. Over our lifetime. But right now, go out and be slutty. Yeah. And get candy. And candy. <laughs> and be different. Be someone you're not. Mm-hmm. Nonconformity. For the win. Well, have a spooky and safe Halloween, everyone. And we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. A man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. It seems destiny ends with me saving you. The only doom that's looming is you loving me to death. So I'll give you a sec to catch your breath. Badphilosophy.com. Yeah.